Hello and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, angels. Today I have a very special guest joining me. I have Ava, the co-founder of my absolute favorite sunscreen brand, Ultraviolet. So I'm so excited. Let's bring her in. She is a legend. So welcome, Ava. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Love the name. Thank you. Thank you. It was definitely helped by a few friends to get the the pun out there. But no, it's um so nice to um to meet you. And yeah, I've been wearing ultraviolet for so long and it's my favorite. So it's nice to have you here and get to know you and the brand a little bit more. Awesome. It's so nice to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad you're a fan. Oh, big fan, big fan. So yeah, no. So I normally start my podcast off by asking my guests, what's something that no one knows about you? (laughs) God, there's uh, there's probably a lot of things and I can't, I'm trying to think about something that doesn't paint me in like a super unflattering light, but also something that doesn't make me sound really boring. Um, (laughs) I was, I guess I was really naughty at school. Like I'm not talking about like stealing or like copying homework naughty. I'm talking about like really cheeky, like Mm. hated being told what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're in high school and there's like if you're in year 12, there's like, you know, if and you claim like an area in the playground to sit Mm -hmm. the seat, like there's a certain seat area of seats that are like for you, like for your group or whatever, especially older. Um, This is not, this is like really... So I'm not making any sense. But basically when I was in year seven and I was in year seven and Roxy Jusenko and I went to the same school and she was in year 12 and they, her and her group had this like area that they sat in every day, every lunch. Like you were like, that was her area, um, which is like, not really that surprising. (laughs) Like she probably hasn't (laughs) changed that much. Um, That was her area. And, uh, and I remember thinking like, this is a really fucking good spot to sit. Like I want to sit here. Um, so like one lunch I got there before her group did and I like sat in her spot and all my friends were like Ava we can't like I was 12 and my friends were like Ava you can't sit there like that's where Roxy and her friends sit there and I was like I don't care um so I would do like cheeky things like that uh and so like to the point where I got suspended oh um I think I was in year 10 when I got suspended but yeah one of the year group the year photos I'm not in because I was suspended on that day really Um, and what did you do to get suspended um, it was like just like a combination of like really small things like not wearing ribbons, talking back to teachers. Mm, mm. Um, uh, I had this um obsession. I never actually got caught for this, but we there was this like massive like industrial size fire hose near the year eight, uh, nine, ten lockers, and like it you, like it was industrial size, so it was like curled up on the wall, like wrapped up, and I mm. unfurled it. And took it into the the locker room and the bathroom attached to the locker room, locker room and just like let it go, like turned it on. People were like so soaked, like people got so soaked, like people were in the toilets, and I like put it, like I turned it on and put it under the toilet, like no. So people would be sitting on the toilet doing a wee, and I like they get all their shoes and socks wet. Um, oh my god! I actually, actually so so I used to do that all the time. It was was really funny my friends still love that so, story so did but you love, love a little prank 
I love to prank. Love yeah. to prank. I still do um, to this day. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, so like little things kind of like that. I think what I ultimately got suspended for was um, I don't know what it was actually. I can't even remember. It was something to do with basketball tryouts and like I was trying to make my like sporty friends play worse so we could all mm. be in the same team. Um and I think like the head of sport just really it was kind of like the final straw, I guess. It was not like yeah. one thing. I wasn't like fagging in the toilets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um just like squirting people with a massive industrial size hose. But yeah, no one dobbed on me for that, which I find still find strange that I got away with that. But yeah. Yeah. Lots of lots of little like dumb things. Like I wasn't a bad kid. I was just like cheeky and and did you like yeah. grow out of it at a certain age or like do you think it continued um, into after school? I started probably growing out of it in year 12. I was kind of like, you know what, I should I should knuck, I should kind of knuckle down and mm. um and study and try and do something, you know, try and do well because this is like I've got one opportunity and I'll just go hard now. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, uh I kind of started growing out but I don't I think I probably never really lost my um naughty streak I would say I love it <laughs> yeah oh, so good <laughs> yeah and do you think that like because I I was really naughty in school as well like I got expelled really, from yeah. two schools I was a little shit really? um I yeah. probably still am um but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just like disobeyed everything my parents ever told me to do. And I just wanted to be 25 when I was 14. So tried to yeah. do everything that I wasn't supposed to. And mm. a lot of people, like my parents' friends and people at school were like, you're going nowhere in life. Like thought I was going to be the the fuck up. So like, yeah. do you think that people you went to school with thought that you were like going nowhere and that you were pretty much going to fuck up or no? No, no, no. I think no. people, like I was always the kid that was like smart but needs to apply herself. Like that was always mm-hmm. what the, the teachers said. And I think like once I figured out what I was good at and like what I like to do, like we had for year 10 business studies, we had to build business and I, me and my friend won that competition. So I think like people yeah. knew I was smart. I don't think they ever thought I was going to be like a complete fuck up, but I think they thought yeah. like you'll be wasting your talent yeah, and you're yeah. like you will be. You if you don't do something, you'll be wasting. Totally. I was never like that naughty, and that. Um, I guess I was more cheeky, and and I think yeah. yeah once I kind of started focusing my attention mm. to schoolwork and stuff, I I was doing well. So I think um, they were probably concerned in areas, but I think ultimately they thought they had the hunch that I would come come right, which I eventually did. But, you know, I still yeah. have a complete disregard for authority and hate yeah. being told what to do. So, yeah, <laughs> <Feel>. <laughs> yeah. and I, or oh. I'll, I'll break the rules. I'll break the rule. I think it's kind of you've got to know if you're going to be a rule breaker, you need to know which rules you can break and which rules you're going to get in trouble for. And I think mm-hmm. I've always had, I've always instinctively, I think, known which are the rules I'm not going to get too badly punished for. Mm-hmm. And which are the rules, um, or like I might even, you know, I might even get lauded for, and which are the rules that are kind of the non-negotiable ones that I can't, like I literally, mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get completely expelled, or I'll get, you know, yes. 
put in jail or you know what I mean like I think I think I think being hard I think yeah I think you've got to like figure it out and I think that's that's kind of my mantra as well in business like to this day you know know which rules you can break yeah totally oh I love that that's awesome (laughs) and how can I ask you how old are you I'm 35 are you yeah oh my god I thought you were like 26 Oh, my God. I love you. That's awesome. <laughs> I love well, you. Is that because yeah. you're wearing your sunscreen? <laughs> that's because I've been wearing sunscreen. Yeah. That's I wear- God, I know. It feels, I feel so um, – I feel really old knowing that oh most my God, no way. are probably like 25. I thought you were literally in your early, mid-20s, but that's insane. Because <laughs> I was going to be like, how old were you when you started everything? Like, you know, you must have done yeah. it at like 18, but no. no. Okay. So h- how long I have you been good. doing ultraviolet? Um, I've been working on ultraviolet, like kind of in the background or Beck and I, so if there's another founder, um, Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been working on it um, since 2016. So was that five years ago? Yeah. Yeah, five years ago. So we started working on it kind of in the background um, five years ago and then we launched it two and a half years ago. So it took like wow. pretty much three years to kind of get to get. Well, um, absolutely you know I mean? smashed it in only being like two and a half, three years ago. <laughs> and do you think Thank like you. the reason it took so long to set up was because there's obviously so many like legalities and all of that around having SBF in Australia? Uh, I think that's one of the reasons. The other, the other yeah. reason is um, that it's really hard and it costs a lot of money. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and and also, Beck and I both had you know pretty full time jobs, so we were doing yeah. it in the background whilst mm-hmm. you know working full time. Had we left our jobs and been working on ultraviolet full time, like we probably would have been able to do it in. A, you know, much faster period, but mm-hmm. we were both, um, you know, understood what we were getting ourselves into starting a business and that we probably won't be out, wouldn't be able to pay ourselves the salary um, mm-hmm. for a while. So kind of obviously kept um, trying to earn money in the background, yeah, while, you know, totally. while we got got it ready to launch. So, um, but yeah, and the TGA we- element is hard, is a hard one, the legalities and the, yeah. Yeah. And did you like, quit your job straight away or did you um, continue working in the background when you launched? No. So I quit. Beck was already working part-time and then I quit like three, three, four months before we launched mm-hmm. um, to get everything because to get everything kind of like marketing, PR, all of that stuff kind of done. And then I did do some consulting stuff um, for the first six to nine months of Ultraviolet mm-hmm. and um then after about nine months, we were able to pay ourselves a small salary. Yeah. So uh, once we were able to do that, I kind of stopped doing consulting. Yeah. And what were so, you? What was your background before this? Uh, so I've always been in like brand communications, product development, marketing. Yeah. Cool. So I've worked for Beauty Rita. I worked for Napoleon Purtis. I moved to New York, oh. came back, worked for Napoleon Purtis when Napoleon Purtis was actually still around. You yeah. might be too young. <laughs> no, no. I, every, every formal I would get my yeah. makeup done at Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> um, and then I went to Mecca, moved to Melbourne, um, went to work in-house at uh, Mecca Brands in head office and that's where I met Beck, my business partner, and then oh, went cool. to Rationale, which is another skincare brand. Um, oh my god! As Amazing. head of marketing there, and then left there to do to do ultraviolet. 
So yeah. So you head head of marketing at Rationale. What were you doing at Mecca? I was brand um, uh, their brand manager. So uh, I looked after their signature line brand. So the like Mecca branded product. Yeah, Mecca Cosmetica stuff. Um, Yeah, yeah, not the Mecca Max, the Mecca Cosmetica. So yeah. Oh my god! Everything. I had no idea. Mm. So. That would have made things so much easier for you. Like yes. you've already worked in this beauty space for so long yes. and then yes. launching your own product. Did you feel like you noticed a gap for, you know, a, a good, affordable, like lightweight sunscreen for in the market? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how familiar you are with Mecca branded products, but they do have a sunscreen, which yeah. I made. Um, yeah. Did you? Yeah. So I did, that was one of my projects when I was at Mecca. So I kind of had a, I knew how Mecca were marketing the sunscreens. I knew how other brands were marketing the sunscreens. I knew that like to me there there wasn't, um, there was a gap for a wardrobe of facial SPFs um, Mm -hmm. and also like from a marketing point of view, everything spoke to the beach, to sun, summer, holidays, and that's just not like realistic in having, mm. like, you, you, you know, how often you probably, you're in Queensland, in Queensland? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Queensland. So, like, you're probably going to the beach much more than I am in Melbourne. But, you know, realistically, like, even when I was in living in Sydney, I would go to the beach, like, I don't know, three times, maybe four or five times a year. Yeah. Not that often. So, but you should be wearing sunscreen every day because, mm-hmm. and it's not from, like, a cancer kind of point of view. You should be wearing it from an ageing point of view. Like yeah. the sun is the number one cause of premature skin ageing. Yeah. And I also felt like it's being discussed, like that's how it's educated now, but when at Mecca in 2016, 2017, like it wasn't being talked about like that. Yeah. Um, it was kind of really talked about as a, like a product you needed to bring with you on vacation or to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um and and wear it only in summer. So I guess from all of those points of views, there was there was something missing. Um, and as well from a product point of view as well, formulation. It's so true. Like I would have never bought sunscreen back in the day, like ever. No. And the only times I'd put it on would be like mum when I'm younger being like, you've got to put it on for your sports carnival. And I'd be putting yeah. on this like thick, disgusting thick. sunscreen and, like, my yeah. face would be, like, Hating white it. and creamy. Ugh. Yeah. And that was, that was yeah. the biggest thing is, like, I always wanted to wear a sunscreen on my face, but, like, the only other one I've used other than yours is La Roche-Posay, but I much yeah. prefer all of your products. And it really took me until I tried your stuff to really actually, like, implement it into my routine and feel like I can wear it with makeup because I'd always feel like I'd put sunscreen on and then I'd put my makeup on and I'd look like a cakey weirdo. Like it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. I know me like just frothing over your brand here. I'm like, I love it. Um, <laughs> no, keep going. And then you can tell me again how young I look. Yeah. 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 Literally. How old are you? 35? No way. I'm actually shocked. <laughs> Um, and then how like so how do you like would you say what skin type could should use what um which which product of yours out of the sunscreens um so I've kind of got like normal to dry skin and my favorite is queen screen yeah personally like I guess there's a couple of ways of looking at it there's your skin type and Mm -hmm. also the finish that you like so Mm -hmm. You know, someone might be acne prone, but like yeah. to be to like to look dewy, mm-hmm. and not want to look matte. 
Whereas I think yeah. a lot of people think like, oh, you're acne prone, which means you probably have excess oil, which means you probably want to look matte, mm-hmm. which is sometimes the case, but not always, right? So no, totally. I think, um, I think, and same with like sensitive skin or anything like that. So I think, um, I guess crudely, like if you've got, if you're kind of oily, acne prone, you could wear clean screen because um, mm-hmm. it's the most lightweight, feels like a gel. Um, goes on the skin and feels like nothing. Um, I don't know if I've tried the clean screen. Oh, I've, yeah, give it a whirl. It's great. I've used. What do you so use? I'm quite acne prone and I'm super sensitive, so I get dermatitis okay. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so right, I, my favorite was the Ultraviolet Supreme screen. Oh, yeah. Um, I just have opened a new lean tab. To, pardon? Do you, have you tried lean screen, the purple one? Yep. So tried the yeah. lean screen and I felt like I couldn't get it on enough because it was so matte. Like yeah, it's, it's, I yeah. feel like it was too matte for me. So I love the, yeah. the lightness of the, the supreme. supreme screen. But then I tried your queen screen, the luminizing. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now since I've tried that, I like love yeah. that even more than the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and my favorite too. So good. Yeah, yeah. It smells like roses. So yeah. yeah, I think like the thing is, all of our sunscreens are oil free, so mm. um, you're pretty safe. Like you're pretty safe to try anything. I guess it's kind of like as you said, you know, you have acne prone, sensitive skin. So I would probably have said try lean screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you obviously like lighter textured things, that was too mm. matte for you. But someone who likes more matte things mm. um, and doesn't want to look glowy uh, would probably love lean screen because it's a yeah. zinc only and it's really gentle on the skin. So if you're acne prone or sensi- quite sensitive or you have dermatitis, eczema, rosacea, mm. any of those things, I would say lean screen. Yeah. Um, if you don't, like if you want a bit of dew but like not like super glowy, I would say Supreme Screen. Supreme Screen is like an all-rounder. Mo- mm, pretty I much anyone it. could wear Yeah, anyone could wear that. Like I would yeah. I would say probably like seven or eight out of ten would probably mm. like um, Supreme Screen. Probably better for like combo skin, combo, like mm. not especially from a texture point of view. It's like a light cream kind of texture. And then mm. Queen Screen is great for like quite dry dehydrated skin or skin Mm. like where you you know if you wear makeup every day and you like that kind of glowy look wearing that Mm. under makeup is like really beautiful I've got people like customers who dm me and tell me that they wear queen screen at night because they love the finish of it so much (laughs) lol I know it's gonna get me I know I know they just like it they just use it as a primer yeah so that someone actually asked me that I got it one of the questions was can you use your sunscreens as a primer instead of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we, and that's the other thing when we created ultraviolet, we didn't want to be adding products to women's routines. Like there's so many products in the world now. Sunscreen is actually one of the ones that you, like you need to wear. It's a non-negotiable. Mm. So trying to, trying to cram as many kind of actives and things like um, steps into a sunscreen is kind of what we wanted to do. So we tested them all under makeup Mm. under tints, under foundations, under like BB creams, whatever. And because we wanted them to perform really well as primers, like to the point Mm. where you don't need to wear a primer as well. You can just wear your sunscreen because sunscreen should be the final step in your routine. So you should either go sunscreen, primer, makeup, or just sunscreen, makeup, depending on how, you know, how much you wear. I didn't know that. I didn't know I could use it as primer. I've been wasting this expensive <laughs> primer all the time. 
Yeah, just save that for night. Yeah, okay. In cool. the day That's where you're great. sunscreen, yeah. Yeah, and is there sure. any particular one that would be better as a primer or they all do the same thing? They're all pretty good, but, again, I think it goes back to which kind of finish you want. Yeah, if you're, true. Um, like Supreme is probably the one that I say, like, if you want something that's like a heavy duty, not heavy duty, but if you want something that's like solid primer, I would go mm. Primer Vibes. I would go yeah. Supreme, which is a yellow lid. Okay, interesting. Mm. And, like, what do you think for someone who's worn, like, what's a telltale sign for someone if it's like a shitty branded sunscreen? Like, what's something that people could look out for? Look, I guess like even expensive brands can do these things as well. But like, I guess uh, if you're like getting any sort of reaction, like a rash, um, obviously that's not the right sunscreen for you. And I, I don't know whether it's like a formulation cost kind of thing or whether um, it's just indicative of the fact that it's not the right sunscreen for you. But like if if you're getting some sort of rash, it means you could have an irritation to an ingredient, whether that's fragrance or an SPF filter or some sort of kind of additive in there like silicone or whatever. Um, if your eyes are stinging, again, that's probably not a great sign um, if it's getting in your eyes and making them burn and sting and water. What about um, like probably consistency? Not like if something's yeah. like really thick and gluggy and yeah, if it's thick and gluggy, like no one wants to be putting that on their face. Generally, I would say cheaper, like kind of supermarket chemist brands aren't going to be investing that much in kind of technology, um, mm-hmm. and I guess and uh, feel of the formula. Um, mm-hmm. They're kind of just the primary uh, use of the of the product is just to protect from the sun. So they're not going to be adding really nice skincare actives or. Um, making that texture really light. So, again, that's probably one to look out for. Mm. And um, what's like I guess like leaving a really oily sheen on the skin um, mm. is mm. another one, you know, like not just kind of hydrated, dewy, but like greasy. Yeah, or it, that, is, it just literally reminds me of yeah. like going to the kid as going to the beach as a kid and like getting yeah. sand stuck exactly to you. that yeah. exactly that kind of a vibe. Like it doesn't sink that in. Me, it feels gross. Oh, yeah, I hate that. That like makes me feel sick. Okay, and yeah. then if you were going to go <laughs> to a desert island and you could only pack three products or three things, mm-hmm. what would you take? Yeah, is this including sunscreen? Yeah, of course. Well, I, yeah, I hope okay. that it would be one of, one of the things. No, I didn't know because sometimes people ask me that question and they, they say like obviously like assume your sunscreen's already at the island. So um, but I would take I would take queen screen like as yeah. many. I would take a never-ending bottle of queen screen. Yeah. Um, I would take like some sort of cream blush, um, mm-hmm. maybe like a Fenty beauty or like a pat mcgrath blush mm-hmm. that i could use um on my cheeks and my lips and my eyes because i'm obsessed with mm-hmm. blush and what else would i take i'd probably take like eyebrow dye <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was really I, random but like would you take anything non-beauty related like a like a never-ending oh. bottle of red wine Oh yeah, sorry. I always sorry. I always get asked this question, and it's always got to be beauty. Um, yeah, I would take like a never-ending. I would okay. Take I take that back. Okay, so I'd still take the cream blush and the sunscreen, and then I'd probably yeah. take like a never-ending picture of like margarita, um, frozen margaritas. Oh, vibe. 
Yeah. It's it's like so hard. Like what would you take? I feel like I definitely have to take my vibrator to a desert island. That would be like oh, one for me. <laughs> I'd take I oh, fuck, I'd probably want to take my Kindle or like my something to watch, like an iPad or something yeah. to watch Netflix or like actually I'd take yeah. an iPad and then you can read on you can buy books on that and you can also watch TV. So I I would um forgo sex for um like TV and books for sure. Oh, I don't know if I would. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I love a TV show and I love a movie, but like, I also love sex. So I'm like, if you were like trapped there and really bored, you could just masturbate. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you could also use your hand for that. True, true, true. Okay. Yeah, you're Therefore, right. You would need to waste a waste a one thing. of your items. This mm-hmm. is an interesting approach on it. I did not think that through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, okay, amazing. And what about like what advice would you give to someone who's like wanting to start a brand or their own business? I would say really like iron out what your proposition is and what you like uh aiming to do whether it's a product with the whether there's a like it's a product that you think fills a gap in the market like really um I guess really hone in on what that gap is and who you're going to be talking to and if it's like a um a service or something else or or a business like again what you're who you're serving and be really crystal clear about that because if you're not clear about that um and very specific like you kind of can fall by the wayside and and get caught up in trying to like talk to too many people um Mm -hmm. or go too wide you know like if I if it was a product for example I'd say like start really small like don't think like okay I'm gonna have a fashion line with like 20 different products go like okay what's my here what is my hero going to be like okay it's a certain style of bike short say for example Mm. and and do that in like maybe three colors um and if it's leggings, the same thing. I don't know. Like I'm just kind of like just be really crystal totally. clear about what you're what you're trying to achieve and what your kind of hero um, skews or your like hero messaging is, mm-hmm. um, and be very specific because the rest like the rest of it can come later. But if you don't know who you're talking to and what you're talking about and what differentiates you from other people in the market, you're going to get really um lost and, and I think like really invest in the time um mm. the research and the time putting together a business plan beforehand like mm. you could say you know I want to do an activewear brand and the point of difference is like I don't know some wicking material but then if mm. you spent you know you might go away do your research put together a business plan and find out actually like stacks uses a same a similar material and you've, mm. you've hinged you've you know hinged your whole plan on this particular mm. material that someone else is using um but calling something else for example and then boom your point of difference is gone and mm. you know you're trying to compete with a brand who's two years ahead of you has mm. shitloads more money um and and you know more of everything and and you just don't want to be in that position you want to be really like well versed about what it is that's that you're bringing that's different and and who you who you're catering to? Totally, yeah. No, that that's really good. It's advice. not fun. Like it's a really boring part of business. Like because you know if you've got an idea, you're really excited. Yeah. Um, you think it's going to be amazing. You kind of want to jump into it, right? You want to start telling people, working on it. But like, mm-hmm. I would say, really invest in that time up front 
and and kind of ascertaining and also like that even spending that process will probably give you an idea of how much money you're going to need what Mm. kind of resources you're going to need so you're going to be a lot more ultimately a lot more prepared than had you been if you just were like okay I'm quitting my job and starting this brand yeah totally my boy my boyfriend thinks it's a good idea or whatever dad or mom or whatever yeah see I I started my business but I still work full-time um and there was a time where I probably should have gone full-time with it and I didn't and I kind of like regret it but don't at the same time but Mm -hmm. yeah I think like I mean not all businesses take off as quickly as obviously yours has so I think like absolutely making sure you really map it out and you know don't yeah and you don't rush like there are some things that can't and you know like I guess have like when you do this plan you're going to say okay I want sales to be x in three years I want sales to be y in five years I want sales Mm. to be z in 10 years and if you're kind of like hitting those goals you're like what you're doing is well if you hit you know that first goal what you're doing is is probably fine but if you kind of look at the end of end of you know year one or year two and you're like shit I'm like I need to be making 10 times the amount of money I am to hit my three-year goal. Like mm. something you're doing isn't working, whether it's your mm. product, whether it's the time amount of time you're spending on it, mm. whether it's the amount of money you're investing back into it, whatever it is. Like if, if you've kind of given yourself goals that you really want to meet, like you're more accountable to yourself and um, also to your business. Like totally, good to have a plan. Totally. As boring as it sounds. <laughs> and – so obviously this is huge, but you're in Sephora now. How did mm-hmm. that happen? Um, so I guess Beck and I were talking about where we wanted to see, um, where we kind of saw the brand mm-hmm. being retailed, whether that was in Australia or whether it was global. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of put down, I guess, a handful of retailers that we wanted to be aligned with. Um, and Sephora reached out to us really early actually. And we were kind of like, no, nah, we're not ready. Um, we just want to be a direct-to-consumer brand for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. And then they had a new um, – they got a new GM and she reached out to us and said, you know, I'd love to have another conversation with you guys. I know you said mm-hmm. you weren't ready a few months ago, but, you know. And so Beck and I were like, okay, um, if we're going to change our minds about this strategy – and bringing it into a store environment, like what what needs to um, happen from from their end and from our end, and so we said, mm. you know, we want X, we want VM to look like this, and we want so- store support to look like this, and we want the launch to look like look like that. So we had we flew to Sydney and had a meeting with their buying their buying team and their GM, who's amazing. I love her. So do they have a head office in Sydney? Sydney, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, cool. yeah. So um, they've got. And a, is like, that is that the global team. head office, or is there like a head office? No, in no, no. The US so global. Sephora, no. So Sephora is like a French company. So it's Sephora is owned by LVMH, and their their headquarters is actually in Paris. Cool. Um, LVMH is uh, Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton group. Louis yeah. Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. Um, yeah. They have offices in New York. In um, I don't know where their offices are in America, but yeah, they have huge offices like office in um, America, I think it's in San Fran actually. They've got offices Mm. in um, Sydney. They've got offices in Singapore. They've got offices in Canada. They've got offices in Paris. So they're like, it's a global company. Cool. And we definitely had, um, you know, we had the vision that Ultraviolet would go global. So we we knew that aligning with Sephora from a global point of view would be really important to us because, um, you know, 
it made like it was a brand that we'd want to partner with globally and we knew mm. that you know if we did well in Australia it would look reflect well on us as a brand and make mean it was a you know more likely for us to be retailed in their global yeah um are you global, are you global um with them now or are you just still Australia? no not yet still Australia yeah. and New Zealand so not yet but yeah. we're definitely in conversations with other markets yeah um amazing that's so exciting yeah, so I guess the Australian came about as that we we had the meeting with them and then we said this is what like a launch would we'd love the launch to look like and and um, they agreed to everything so we launched. It was cool. really exciting and they didn't have like a specific SBF offering so it kind of we kind of filled a gap in their um, brand kind of portfolio as well. So it was kind of like a definitely a win win and and it's been a really great relationship. Like we yeah we love amazing the team they're amazing yeah. That's so cool. And what mm. about like what's next for you guys? Like are you planning on bringing out any more products or? Um, oh, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, but do you, are you um, able to share anything? Yeah, so we're, um, we're about to really, well, about probably about six weeks away from, six to eight weeks away from um, launching our tinted range, so tinted SPF 50, which is really Stop exciting. It. Yeah, it's so Stop. nice. I'll show you. This is oh. Oh my god! So that's just one. That's just this is my shade, but we're doing eleven shades. Go off! That is amazing. Oh my god! So well, like if you need really, anyone to test one out. <laughs> oh no! Don't worry, we'll be sending it to you. But like, look at the consistency. It's like it's kind of like queen screen. Like it's really fluid. <gasps> wow, yeah. that's massive. That's yeah. massive. So because I feel really like all exciting. the tinted stuff is like thirty SPF. I'm like, give me that fifty. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's definitely it's fifty, and it's really lightweight, really beautiful. Like it's oh my amazing. god, it's my favorite thing actually. That's so exciting. Well, that's going to be massive. And yeah, we're, like, we're hoping. I'm just going to apply, apply now. Yeah, my face. I know. I'm, I'm getting a facial soon, so I'm currently like makeup oh, free, prepping for that. I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm oh, really excited. Um, and so what about like how do you manage? So obviously. I was going to be like, are you single dating? But you're obviously married. No, I'm married. So, we got married in during COVID last year. Did you? The did you have any yeah. wedding fuck ups? Oh, so many. Yeah. Um, we had like we rearranged our wedding like six times. That's not even a joke. How do you balance your like work life and you know relationship and all your personal stuff in terms of running a business as well? I guess like. Beck and I always wanted to, I guess, um, with Ultraviolet, we never wanted to be like that hustle, you know, culture. Like we'd never, neither of us wanted to be giving, like we had like certain, I guess, um, non-negotiables around our social life and personal life that we weren't willing to give up for the business. So like it was kind of like I never wanted to be working 20 hours a day and not sleeping because sleep's really important to me. Beck wanted to be able to pick up her kids from school. Um, I wanted to be able to have a social life and go on vacation. So it was kind of like building um, the like business around our lifestyles. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So that was always really important to us because we previously hadn't necessarily had that flexibility in the companies that we've been working for. Mm. Um, or it was like really hard, you know, Beck would try and, you know, negotiate her days where she could leave early two times a week to pick up her kids from school. Like it's just yeah. shouldn't be that hard, but anyway. No, God, is. no. You want to be flexible, um, especially this day. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And so we really pride ourselves on like 
having a really create a, like creating a really flexible environment um, for us and our team. So yeah, we definitely. Um, you know, we definitely had like strict kind of rules around what we want to follow through. And obviously like there are going to be times where you have to maybe have to work 20 hours, but like, mm. I mean, I haven't had to do that yet. Um, but let's see, I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but it's just not a habit. I'm not going to make maybe, it a habit. Maybe I'm, when you launch your, your um, tinted screen, you might have to maybe, work those maybe extra pull, hours. Pull a few all-nighters. Yeah. Um, hopefully not, but let's see. Yeah, so like we're open to obviously, it's not like we're scared of hard work. We just like, I think we're at that point that, you know, when we launched Ultraviolet, when we were in the process of launching, you know, it was definitely that like girl boss grind, hustle and grind culture that is, has kind of been glamorized a bit, but I, um, I'm such a staunch believer in like balance and totally. taking care of your mental health and sleeping and like spending time with your family and friends, whatever it is, whoever your family is um, or whatever it looks like. You know, I- I'm so like passionate about that mm. that um, I we kind of wanted to create like a different business and a different culture and whether that meant hiring people to help support us um, earlier on than we maybe like sacrificing some of our margin for hiring people like mm. or whatever it looks like it just we just never wanted to lose sight of that kind of um, you know lifestyle yeah and that first balance. I guess and that balance yeah and like as I said I'm I need to sleep like it's important for me if I'm not sleeping if I'm not exercising like those are two if I'm not having fun like those mm-hmm. are really the, the things for me until till we have kids that's kind of my equivalent of having, you know, spending time with my kids. But totally. I think balancing marriage and, and the business is is fine. My husband is like the most supportive. He loves the business. He like amazing. Yeah, is involved. So in good. The outskirts, but yeah. And how many like employees do you have now? We've got twelve. Amazing. So yeah, and one one in Paris as well. One in Paris. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow, That's insane. Yeah. Well, we've got obviously um, British retailers and hopefully European retailers soon. So you kind of need someone on their time zones because the time zones fucked. Totally. The time. The time differences are fucked. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and and you know, when we launched into the UK, Beck and I again were like, we don't want to be spending our nights on calls to the UK because we want to be having dinner with our families or watching TV or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. watching TV is a really bad example, but, you know, having dinner with our families. <laughs> Reading my Kindle that I take to my desert <laughs> island. <laughs> That's right. Reading my book, sleeping. I just got a dog. Totally. So, like, I'm going to bed really early at the moment. Yeah. Oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> Stupidly early. Yeah. Well, that yeah. I think that's it's all about balance because, like, if you don't yeah. do that, then you just completely burn yourself out and that's oh, yeah. not good for anyone. And especially like, you know, I don't want to say at my age, but, you know, I definitely worked really fucking hard in my mid to late, like mid-20s to like early 30s and I was just like, I don't want to do this forever. Like it just sucks the joy out of like life. Totally. Especially when you spend so much time at work. Totally. No, I completely Mm -hmm. agree. Um, Another interesting question I had, I'm Mm. going to go one more product question and then I'm going to ask you a sexual question because we all love that. Okay. Um, okay. You're like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah, you're like, brace <laughs> um, So how much sunscreen should you actually be applying to your face? 
So if you're wearing queen screen, it's, it's effectively it's a quarter of a teaspoon and that's that's based only on how it's tested. So okay. sunscreen is tested using like basically what amounts to about a quarter of a teaspoon. Um, so if you use less than that, you're using like less than they've used in a testing environment. Right, okay. Sense. So okay, cool. you kind of want to be using what they're using in a testing environment so you know 100% that that you're being you're getting that SPF 50 plus or SPF 30 or whatever it is protection. Um, mm-hmm. So you know whenever we tell people how much to apply and we do it in pumps, so like ultraviolet pumps, it's like five pumps for one of the tubes or three pipettes. People are like, oh my god, that's so much! Like, why do we have to use? They get really angry <laughs> at us. I'm like, yeah. we didn't make the rules. Like, we're just telling you. Like, we're yeah. making, we're just being really transparent because yeah. most brands aren't. They just say apply liberally or apply yeah. generously yeah, shit, or something. Use, like, you know, two pumps. Well, look, as I said, like if you're using like queen's grain, the pipettes, two pipettes, like you're probably getting, I always like don't, I don't want people to stress about it. That's the other thing. Like if you're going from wearing nothing to wearing two pumps, like to me, that's an improvement and that's something you should be celebrated for. Like you've gone from having zero protection to probably having like SBF 40. Yeah, totally. Which is a win. Yeah, it's a win. And like, you know, if you are, you're in Queensland, so. Yeah. Like the sun's a lot hotter and it's, you know, the UV index is a lot higher there. So, like, just reapply a little bit more. If you want to wear less, like, wear less but reapply more frequently. Mm, mm, Totally, totally. But, like, just know that having something on is better than having nothing. Yeah. And, like, I wouldn't recommend applying two pumps in the morning and then going sitting out in the sun all day. Like, I would say, you you know, after a while, after a couple of hours, those two pumps are going to have worn off. And yep. you're going to kind of have no protection. I mean, I don't recommend anyone lie in the sun all day. It's just not yep. good yeah. habits. Get that spray tan. That's right. Love yeah, a spray I tan. I love it. I've, I've been like I used to roast myself and now I'm like really kind of st- staying out of the sun. And Well, that's good. Yeah, so it's definitely like a change I've made. Um, yeah, but, that's awesome. But then when I'm not spray tanned, I'm like, ah, I was yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, so, it's like it's such a beast of a thing, like to spray yeah. tan and like then get it all off. Yeah, totally. And then down to like the dating realm, like what's your yeah. crazy, do you have any crazy dating stories, um, anything wild that you'd want to share with the listeners? Oh, I've had like some, like I've had some terrible dates. Like I've had yeah. some real like weird dates where people look nothing like their photos and I got there I got there and like I I remember this guy was like like it was just the worst and then had zero chat not only did he look nothing like his photo but he had absolutely no chat like I think after 20 minutes I had to message my friend and be like you need to my flatmate and say like you need to call me and I was like oh my my flatmate like the most cliched um like reason to get out was like oh my friend left the oven on I've got to go home like I basically couldn't have moved faster but I remember I had this really weird date in Melbourne with this guy who who became really obsessed like really quickly and I went out on a date with him on Friday and um ended up like we had a, like we had a fun day. I think I just you know I think I was like mm, I'm not really attracted to you, but like you're nice and like mm. you do like gentlemanly things. Like you open the door and you pay for everything. Like kind of like mm. you know when you're mm. like in your late twenties, like sometimes that can be like impressive after like mm. having to pick up the bill like so many times. You know, like totally, I mean, totally. Like chivalry is kind of yeah. like a nice change. 
Absolutely. Um, so like it was a nice date, but I think like I wasn't attracted to him. Um, and then it, that was a Friday night. So we went out and then Saturday he invited me to something. And then Sunday he was, he knew where I lived because I lived, I lived on Chapel Street at the time. So it was like a pretty like next to um, Revolver, which is like a pretty iconic yeah, no, I know. Club it. in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I live like next door and above. So he knew where I lived because it was like such a random thing and such a like talking point. And he, um, and he was like, oh, so this was Sunday at this point, and he he said, look, I'm having lunch with some Italian suppliers around the corner from you. Like, are you free? And I was kind of like put on the spot. I couldn't think of an excuse as to why I couldn't come, and so I came and. Um, it was, I, I, in my head, I was like Italian suppliers. I kind of imagined these cool, like Italian dudes that like were young and like, you know, drinking Aperol spritzes. And it was like these, I got there, it was like his brother who was weird, his like <laughs> female best friend, his female best friend and like two really old Italian guys. Oh, and no. um, it turns out like it was his birthday and he, oh, no. yeah, it turns out it was his birthday lunch. And he lied and then I was there and the cake came out and I was like, is this, I thought it was a joke because, you know, like sometimes when you like pretend it's someone's birthday, yeah, just like, yeah. the cake came out and I was like, is this a joke? Like, and he's, he was like calling me like, like basically talking, like he was including me in conversations like I was his girlfriend, like talking about going back to Perth to see his family and I was like, holy fuck, I thought I was coming for like a bowl of olives, a slice of pizza and like a few Aperol spritzes because I had another date that afternoon. So I was oh kind of like, God. I thought I was going to pre-game for my other date at this yeah, stage yeah. Yeah, <laughs> with these it. like a ta- cute, cute Italian supplies and ended up being his birthday and it was just really weird. I'm, I definitely would have better stories in this but I I'm really um I haven't had a date in a while um, it's it's so hard when you get put on the spot like to like try I, know and it then is. I bet we'll like end and you'll be like oh I should have said that oh one my, like yeah 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. I had a guy get a nosebleed on me that was once what do you mean interesting like we were making out and his nose started bleeding all over my no. face no well, how did <laughs> yeah. you realize did I, you like taste it I tasted blood no and then he got really angry at me because I was like, I think your nose is bleeding. And he was like, he was like, no, and got like really, like I guess embarrassed, but got really like aggressive and Ew. blamed it on me. And I was like, mate, it's in the fucking nosebleed. Who cares? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't fucking put this yeah. back on me either. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, how so, weird. Yeah, I've had lots of weird things. I should, you should actually ask. Like, I should have asked my best friend because she would probably remember them better than me. That's so funny. Well, you know, mm-hmm. we can always do another one all about dating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, how, oh, to, so how to finally good. find the right person online. Yeah, I my literally. On Bumble. Oh, I feel so. like, did you, oh, so your husband you met on Bumble? Mm. Oh, my God, amazing. Yeah, yeah. How, so that was like how, a, how did that happen? So you like matched on Bumble, went um, on a date? And yeah, we matched on Bumble. Yeah, we matched on Bumble. I almost didn't swipe right because he had a photo, like he, there was one of his photos, he, like his cat was in it and I'm allergic to cats and so I, and I don't really like them. So <laughs> I was like, well, this is weird, like a guy including a cat photo in his profile. I'm sure one of his like friends had told him that it was like a good idea, like girls love go- cats or girls love animals or whatever, but I almost, like I was kind of like this. Like, do I, mm, do I kind I of not? went let, and then I did. I swiped right because he had such a nice smile. And then I got like the you have, on Bumble, obviously, women have to make the first move. And it was kind of like you get, um, 
I'm sure you know this, but like for people who don't, you get like, I think you have to write to them within like a few 24 days. 24 hours. Oh, 24, yeah, 24 hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was like, you've got like an hour left to write to him. And I was like, nah. but then something inside of me was like, just write to him. And so I did. And then we went out a couple of weeks later and then like, yeah, we got engaged two years after that and now we're married. Did you like when you first met him, did you think, oh, I'm going to marry this guy or was your first opinion of him different? Not the first date. I think the first date, no, but after like a few weeks or a few, I think it was a few weeks I was kind of like, yeah, I reckon I could marry this guy. Really? Mm. That's awesome. I was well, the first, like my friend actually sent me a uh, like screenshot at our engagement party. She sent me a screenshot of a com- of a WhatsApp conversation between us where I'd said a few weeks in, like I, this is the first guy I could actually see myself marrying or something to that effect, something like that. Amazing. Mm. Oh yeah, so there is hope. Takes well, a while. I didn't meet him till I was like 31 as well. So yeah, people right. always ask me that. They're like, oh, like you know, I'm never going to meet someone like you said to me mm. and um, like you've got a few, like you've got many years. Yeah. You know? I just feel like I have the worst fucking luck and like. I did too. Yeah. I had nothing. Yeah. Like between 23 and or 24 and 31 I, I had like, I went on like maybe max, like I probably went on maybe five dates with one person, like was the furthest, like me. So maybe it was a few months of seeing someone mm. and that was like. As, as long as it got between like yeah. mid, early, like early mid twenties and like early thirties. Yeah. It's it hard. Feel, it can feel of, hopeless. Totally. And you kind of get to like your late twenties and you're like, well, I don't want to date someone unless there's actually a future there. Like, I feel like yeah. you do become more like judgmental with it. Whereas like when I was 22, I'd be like, as yeah, you let's date. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. totally. I don't care. Yeah. You care that you're like a broke barista or whatever. Like we're yeah, just having yeah. fun. I don't care then- that you're pouring me vodka, vodka raspberries on a Saturday night. I'll date you, <laughs> yeah. Gary. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's like a good thing to be to you know get a bit more particular about what you want as as we get older. But the other thing I will say is like things things can change so quickly. Like I know totally. people who have gotten who've gotten married and who've met someone gotten married and fallen pregnant all in the space of a year. Yeah, so, so true. Like things can change so quickly, especially as, as we get older because I guess like guys also reach a point where they're like, oh, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fuck around anymore. I mean it probably yeah. doesn't happen at, when they're 28. It might for the guy but, you know, my the benefit of me marrying Dion, my husband is he's like nine years older. So I yeah, definitely right. – I got to him when he was like at that stage. Had he been yeah. 31, who knows what, you know. Absolutely. Happened, but yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this stuff with me and oh, for coming on today. Me. It was, was so fun. nice to chat to you and, yeah, yeah you I too. feel it was like so insightful learning all this stuff about your brand too because, yeah, I bloody love it. So, yeah, no, thanks so much. Um, Thank you. Well, yeah, well, thanks thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will see you all. Yeah, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) And I will see you next week. Um, Amazing. All right, thank you so much, Ava, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode.